And I believe that the things that we've done over these last number of weeks, it does set things in motion. And I believe that it produces a tremendous impact in our life. You may not see it yet. You may say, well, man, I did 21 days and I don't feel like God did squat. I mean, I'm just honest like that. Sometimes I pray and I'm like, God, uh, weren't you supposed to do something? Like it was supposed to be amazing and I haven't seen. The story's not over yet. Don't walk away from the thing that you've prayed for, that you've been believing God for. Keep standing and believing God, that God, you're working even when I can't see it. God, you're moving even when I'm not aware. And and so, but, you know, I I believe that that there are some things that we can do uh, even moving forward because we want to be better in prayer, yes. But there are some things that I believe that we need to do in, um, how do I say this? Is that we can pray... Like it's all up to God. And we leave it at the prayer altar, right? We come and we pray and we say, God, these are the things I'm believing you for. God, make it happen. Here's the thing I've learned about God. He doesn't want to just come and rescue me all the time. Sometimes he wants to come into partnership with me. Or let me say it this way. Let me come into partnership with him. You're like, what does that mean? It means we work together. Instead of putting it all on him, just saying, well, God, you got to make this, you got to do this, you got, at some point, guess what? Your prayer has to get some legs, right? You got to put some action to your faith. Well, I'm believing God, I'm believing God, I'm believing God. Yes. But what are you going to do to take that next step? Because there are next steps, You know, and I can tell you story after story after story of things in my life where it's amazing to me when I started to move a little bit, how much it seemed like God started to move a lot a bit. But when I'm just sitting here waiting, just saying, okay, Lord, anytime you want to do it, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Apparently, you're not ready. I'm ready. (laughs) Like, God, can we even start to do? And it's amazing what happens when I just take one step. And God says, hey, I'll bless that step. Sometimes God's blessing is waiting on our movement. Not saying that we're doing it in and of our own strength, but what it's saying is, God, I'm going to take a step believing that you're with me, believing that you're going to give me wisdom, that you're going to give me guidance, and I'm going to take this step, and I'm not sure what the next step is, but I'm going to take that step. Now, I'm about to date myself a little bit here. Oh, a lot of it, but some of you will know exactly what I'm talking about. How many of you remember, um, it was actually the game Zelda. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I got some 80s kids in the house. You know, there was a part in the game where it would be like if I went to step off of this, but you know what, the square that you were to land on didn't show up till what? You had jumped, right? And so you'd jump out there. I'm not doing it because I will fall. There's no magical square about to appear up here. And guess what happened? When I would jump again, another little cube would appear. And I could get across what this big impasse, right? But guess what? It took faith for me to jump. Now, if you were like me, you did the vertical jump once to make sure that square would actually show up. <laughs> but guess what? You couldn't get any farther into that game without taking a leap of faith. How many of you know that life is like that sometimes? Our walk with God sometimes, it's a step of faith. 
And God will always gives us, always gives us a step to take that will challenge us. Why? Because he has bigger steps in mind. I've had to take some pretty large steps of faith in my life that were pretty unique. But that's not where I started. I started with little steps, little moments where I'm like, okay, God showed up. Praise the Lord. And now I look back and I kind of laugh and I'm like, I was freaked out about nothing. Like I was so nervous back then that today I look and I'm like, man, that was really insignificant. But you know, without that little step, I couldn't have taken larger steps later. Would have been impossible. Why? Because fear would have overwhelmed me. And it doesn't matter which step you're taking, no matter how small it may seem or how huge fear is going to come. And say, you better not do that. You better not do that. But we're people of faith. I'm not saying doing ridiculous, dumb, non-wisdom filled things. But sometimes God will tell you to do something that is crazy to you. Might even be crazy to other people. Now, there are some qualifiers that don't just, well, God told me to go do something crazy. I'm going to go do it. No, God put people around you. You might want to seek some wisdom. But you don't need to ask everybody's opinion on it. That You need to qualify the people that you talk to. Like, are they trustworthy? Are they spiritual people? Like, really spiritual, not just that they talk spiritual. Like, do you see the fruit of their life? Can they be trusted? Do I believe this is somebody that God has brought into my life for wisdom? There, there are important things along that line. But at some point, it doesn't matter how much wisdom you acquire. At some point, you have to step. And no amount of prayer is going to change that. No amount of begging God to move is going to change that. Because he's going to require and, and ask you, Take a step. Begin to move. Like, well, I'll move when, when God starts moving. I'm sorry, but that's not the way it works. Amen. It's just not. I mean, I had, I mean, I'll give you an example of this. Now, I'll just qualify this by this. Probably one of the largest steps of faith that God ever asked me to do was to leave a good paying job and to move away. Which was crazy. Crazy, 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 crazy. I think about it. Crazy. And this was what the Lord told me. I will talk to you when you get there. Thanks a lot. And the scripture, like, I don't know. God would do that. Well, he told Abraham to do it. He gave me the scripture. Depart for a land that I will show you. That's a crazy step. We're talking about moving 700 miles with no job. With no next step. With no clear understanding of what God had. I just knew that God had told me. It's time to go. Now God's not going to call everybody to do that. That was something unique to what God was calling us to do. Huge, 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 huge step of faith. Crazy step of faith. But I knew it was the Lord. I knew. And I had sought counsel and... I'm standing here today partly because I made a ridiculous move for something that I had no idea what God had in mind. But I didn't start there. That wasn't the place, you know, and so, but, but I do want to encourage you this morning. 
at some point, you've got to put some action to your prayer. Not saying that you've got to do it. That's not what I'm telling you. Because what can happen is we can pray like it's all up to God, and then we, we start working like it's all up to us. No, no, no. We need to pray and partner with God as we begin to move. I've had God do it where I begin to, you know, like I'll, I'll use this as an example. God had given us specific instruction to get out of debt at one time. It was actually, in hind, like looking back, it was three years prior to that big move I was just telling you about. God said, you need to get out of debt. Well, I, I can be pretty driven. And so, man, I started doing all kinds of stuff. And there was, and I won't go into all the details, but I had, was like, I can get another job on top of what I'm already doing. And I went, I filled out the application, dropped it off. I walked out the door and when the door shut, the Holy Spirit just in my heart. And I like audibly just in my heart was like, you've gone too far. Here's the thing about, you're like, well, how do I know if it's the Lord? Here's a pretty easy way. When he speaks, you, there's a lot of understanding that comes with it. God doesn't have to explain it. It's like a supernatural download, just like, poof. And it's there. Well, he didn't have to explain what he meant by that. What I knew what he said is that you were no longer trusting me, and now you've picked this up. You're taking responsibility, saying, I'm going to fix this. And the Holy Spirit is saying, nope, you've gone too far. So what I do, I had to back up and say, okay. That's not the will of God. And in, in, in truth, God was telling I will not bless that step. Oh, well, God will bless anything I do in accordance to his will. He is not obligated to bless whatever I determine I want to do. He's not. But we do need to what? Walk in cooperation with him and his plan and his purposes in our life. Over in James chapter 2, Starting in verse 14, the heading of of this Bible says, Faith without good deeds or without corresponding action is what? It's dead. Verse 14 says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if, if you say you have faith but you don't show it by your actions? Can this kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, Goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do them? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Let me say it another way. Prayer by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces, this version says, good deeds, good actions, corresponding. It is dead and it's useless. Now some may argue, some people have faith and some have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. So for what we're talking about this morning, let me say it this way. Well, I'm believing God in prayer. Like, let me just get real practical with you. I'm believing God for a job. Okay, how many applications have you filled out? Well, none. I'm just waiting for God to bring me a job. Are you just waiting for somebody to email you and say, hey, I heard you need a job. I'm not saying that can't happen. It's not really likely. Oh, I believe God wants me to go back to school. How much does it cost? Well, I don't know. Well, how do you know what you're believing God for then? Right? God, I need a new car. 
What car? Is that reasonable? Oh, well, I want a brand new car. Have you ever believed God for a car? At all? Right? I mean, this is the practical sides of things. And if you ever were to come and sit with me and say, I believe God's asking me to do this, whatever it may be, I'm going to have some questions. And they're going to be really practical. And you're like, you're not very spiritual. God is also a practical God. What are you doing to explore these options? Well, I don't know. I just, I just, God just put it in my heart. I, just, God's just going to make it happen. Can you go show me anywhere in Scripture that it happened like that? No, we have to put some action to our prayers, to what we're believing God for. See, we have to have that action. And, and so it's important. You know, there's this phrase... If you haven't noticed, I love quotes. They, they stick with me. And here's what I found about the Lord. In my relationship walking with him for a while, more than two decades now, is that when I'm ready, his wisdom will show up. But he will not give me his wisdom if I am not prepared to receive it. So there's a fairly famous quote, and it goes like this. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. The Holy Spirit will not talk to us about things we're not ready to receive. He is a teacher. The Bible says that in John 16. He is a teacher. He's one who comes alongside of us to help us. But why is he going to talk to me about something that I'm not prepared to even be able to receive? He's not going to. When I'm ready to learn, he will teach. When you're ready to learn, he will be there. He never leaves. The Bible says never leaves us, never forsakes us. He's always there with us. But when we're ready, he'll begin to teach us. He has wisdom for us. See, here at the first of the year, we think so much about making adjustments and changes, even as we've been doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, and, man, and we're like, man, I made some big changes. And, man, it was awesome. But here's the, the truth of it. For any change to be lasting, it requires a change of mentality. Like a complete change of how we process, how we view things. And so if it's going to last, we have to change the way we think. That's why the Bible talks about renewing our mind, Romans chapter 12. Change the way you think to bring it in line with God's word. Why? Because it's a mentality. We have to think differently. See, I believe this with all of my heart, and I get it from Proverbs 23, 7, which it says this, is that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So let me, that's just the biblical term. So let me say it this way. You will never rise above the level you believe possible. And sometimes we need the Word of God, we need the Holy Spirit to challenge who we are, what we believe is even possible for us, so that we can rise. But that, let me say it this way, the Truly, I believe it's all in my heart. God is not limiting any one of us. Many times it's us who limits us. Amen. Now, I don't mean in some weird, I mean just like everything that you, we believe about ourselves. Well, I could never do, I could never be. I'm not talking about even stuff because stuff is, doesn't really matter. I mean 
Like who you believe that you are. Like when you look in the mirror and you see yourself, what limitation do you see? Because you're going to have to change your mentality. And you may even have to begin to speak words of faith over your life. So that what? You can, what? The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. I have confessions, faith confessions over my life. Father, I thank you that favor goes before me all all the days of my life. It goes before me. It goes behind me. I think people like me and don't even know why. I confess that over my life. And I've had favor, unexplainable things. Why? Not because I'm special. But I, I believe God's word. I just simply stand upon his word. Luke 2.52 says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature before God and man. Jesus grew, we can grow. If he's the ultimate example, that should be true of us. In wisdom and in favor before God and man. So we ought to be believing God for those things in our life. So it's important. We need to learn. We need, and it doesn't matter how old we are, how young we are. We can all learn. There is always a next step that God has for us. The problem is, is we don't know what we don't know. How many of you realize that? That you don't know what you don't know. So what do you need? A teacher. You need like a divine mentor, the Holy Spirit, to teach you. Why? Because he knows the purpose of why God created you, and he knows how to help you get there. But I don't know what I don't know. But he knows. He knows the thought that God had when he created you. But we have to be willing to cooperate. So I believe that in any area that you've been believing God for, I'll use part of our story. I've already mentioned this. God told me to get out of debt. Well, guess what I had to do? Make a budget. There ain't nothing spiritual about a budget. No, but this is what I found. I'd been, saying, I'd been throwing up some Hail Mary prayers. God help me get out of debt. God help me I get out of debt. It was amazing. When I got a plan, God was like, bless that. <laughs> and it's, I mean, I could tell you stories of how God provided. Now, it took three and a half years. It wasn't overnight. It was a process of time. But God gave us wisdom. God gave us ways to do it. God gave us favor along the way. So we had a plan. We began to work the plan. You ever heard somebody say that? Write a plan and work the plan. But here's what's equally as important. Before you start working your plan, you need to go ask the Lord, will you bless this? Is this something that you will bless? Because if the answer is yes, start working the plan. If the answer is no, it's go back to the drawing board. That's not the way God wants to do this. And, And the moment that you think you figured God out, he will change it. Why? Because it wouldn't take faith. And he wants us to believe him. I said this a moment ago, but God is not obligated to bless our plans, but he will always bless his plans. How many of you believe that this morning? For your life, for your life, that God has plans for you and he will bless those plans. But it's his plans that he will bless. So practically speaking, you're like, well, I mean, how do we do this? You know, one of our values here at TDP is movement. We love movement. 
Not busyness, movement. And so what does that mean? It means we, we meet people where they are and help them get to where God wants them to be, to move closer to him. And you're like, well, okay, well, how does that look? And you're going to hear this phrase a lot in the next few minutes, is that you have a spiritual next step. Now, the first part of this message has really been practical, natural, more. Now I want to bring the same principles over into our spirit life. But you have a spiritual next step. I don't care if you've been saved for five minutes, 50 years. I don't care if you've never missed a Sunday in your entire life of going to church. You're like, man, if the doors are open, I'm at church. Praise God. Great. When was the last time you took a step forward? When was the the last time that you said, Lord, where am I at and what do you want from me? Because you have a spiritual next step. See, this is what I know. Every single person in here this morning has a next step. Like, well, I I think I reached all my next steps. Impossible. Impossible. Just say that with me. It's impossible. Say this. I have... A spiritual next step. That's true for every one of us. Now, here's the real question. What is it? That's pretty important. You can know the question, but how many of you know you didn't get A's on your papers for knowing the questions? You got A's on your papers because you knew the answers. That's important. So that's the question that we ought to be asking ourselves. Where am I and what is my next step? What what is God asking me to do? Where am I currently at? So let me give you a few examples. This is not exhaustive. Let me give you a few examples of what your next step, your next spiritual step may be. Because I told you earlier, you need to have a plan and you need to work the plan. It needs to be a plan that God will bless, right? We talked about all that in the natural. Well, you know, there's a plan spiritually that God has for you too and he will bless it. So let me give you a couple of examples. You may be here this morning and your first step is to surrender. That's where it starts. That's step one. Like, what does that mean? It means that you give your heart, your life to Jesus. You say, Jesus, you're my savior. You came and died so that I could have life. That's step number one. So maybe you're here and you say, well, I've never really done that. Or maybe it's just been religion. Well, I came to church. I raised my hand one time and, you know, I'm good. Yeah, but do you know God? Do you really have like a a real relationship with him? So here's another one. And you have this opportunity here in just a couple weeks. Have you ever publicly professed your faith in water baptism? I mean, Jesus said, if you get saved, then the, the next step is to what? Go public with your faith. Saying, hey, I made a private decision, but now I want everybody to know. So you may be here this morning and say, man, I've never been water baptized. Don't just do it because I'm telling you to do it. You need to understand the why and what it means because it is significant. It's actually about identification with what Christ did for us. The Bible says that he was what? Buried in death, but he was raised in life. That's what we're symbolizing when we do water baptism. It's us going public with our faith. Your next step may simply be having a little bit more spiritual discipline in your daily life. I'm going to start reading the Bible every day. Like, well, I don't know what to read. 
it's something simple for you. Proverbs, there's 31 chapters. Today is February 3rd. You can start today. Go read Proverbs 3. You're like, well, February's only got 28 days. What do I do with 29, 30, 31? You can get to them in March and April. Let's just stick with that one right now because it's simple. You can just start there. You can read a chapter in about two minutes. Two to three minutes. You can do that while you're waiting somewhere. Pull it up on your phone. You can get a Bible app. Like, well, I don't want to be one of those crazy Christians. It's too late. Sorry. It's too late. Here's another, another that could be your next step. And I'm just, I'm listing these out because I want you to identify where am I? One of your next steps might be what? Discovering the reason that you're on the planet. You're not here to exist. You're here to live. And God has built you, wired you, created you specifically, the Bible says, for his good purpose and for his glory. But why? Do you know why? Because God has gifted you in a certain way. And just more than likely, it might be in an area that you say, I can't do that. Exactly, we can't. But God can. I've shared this before. Guess what? God called me to preach. Guess how many times I failed speech in college? Three times. I just thought, well, I guess I'm just not going to graduate college. And yet I knew God had called me to preach. And the crazy thing is for the longest time, I, I couldn't stand up and talk about anything unless it was the Bible. I'm a little better now, but... That's how I passed speech in college. I just took every, you know, persuasive speech. Why is the Bible real? And I just preached it for five minutes. I passed the class with a B plus. Praise the Lord. (laughs) On the fourth time. Praise God. But it may be in an area where you're like, I can't, gosh, that scares me. I could never do that. Or maybe you'll do it and come alive and realize I've been missing out on the blessing that God had in my life all this time. And I've been telling myself I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. See, that's where that change of mentality has to come from. God, I thank you that your grace is sufficient for me. I can do anything. You can do anything that God has called you to do. You can't do everything. I can't do everything. But you can do anything that God's called you to do. Here's another one. This will, you'll have this opportunity here in just a couple of weeks. Getting connected in a small group. What's this small group, small group, small group? We'll be always talking about small groups. It's a place where you get to know folks. So you can come to church week in, week out and actually never connect with people. Let me say it this way. You can come to church on a Sunday and hide. But it's when you get into a relationship with people. Proverbs says that iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens his friend. Well, that happens in small group. Well, maybe you're like, man, I've been going to small group for 15 years. I'm an expert. Great. Maybe it's time for you to quit going and start. You got to start what? Leading. That scares me. Maybe it's time. Maybe the Lord's just been kind of poking you and saying, hey, you're like, uh-uh, no, sir, go next door. You can go to the next row. You can go talk to somebody else. I'm, nope. 
But God just said, hey, I'm waiting. I've got a blessing for you. You have no idea what I have for you. Like, well, I'm, not, I'm just, oh my gosh. Like, I, I, I don't even know what I would say. We can help you. That's a spiritual next step, though. Could be. It may be the step that you need to take. For some of you, it may be getting on our dream team. I mentioned this earlier. Like, what do you mean the dream team? We believe that God has a purpose. God has a heart. We've used this phrase a lot around here. That it's making God's dream come true. Well, what does it mean to be on the dream team? It means that you help through serving throughout the church, throughout campus. Not everything's always on the weekend. Sometimes it's things during the week. That, that, and I'm not asking you to do anything that you hate. Please hear that. I'm not asking you to do things that you hate. I'll give you some more specifics on that here in a moment. But here's another one. Some of you, your next step is simply sharing your faith. You're like, what does that mean? It means telling somebody your story. You have a story. You're like, yeah, but I'm not like, you know, I don't have some crazy past. Who said that you have to have a crazy past to tell somebody about Jesus? Because here's the thing. None of us, the Bible says, is righteous. None of us are deserving. We all need God's grace. You're like, well, what's my story? When did God become real to you? That's your story. And you may say, well, I don't know if... If God's ever been real to me, it's just, it's just something that I do. And go back to step one, and you need to surrender. But maybe that's your next step. You know, I think it's, it's interesting. We always pray and say, Lord, send labor. Send somebody across that person's path. Maybe we need to change our prayer and say, start saying, Lord, send me across somebody's path. Amen. Quit sending everybody else and start sending me. Let me run into somebody at Walmart. Let me run into somebody at the restaurant. Let me run into somebody at work. Somebody just come up to you and be like, oh, I heard you're a Christian. Would you pray for me? Uh. Start being the answer to somebody else's prayers. Amen. Say, Lord, man, I believe you want to use me. Why? Because the Bible says we're all called to reach people. So maybe it's in that. Just say, Lord, I am freaked out, but I can pray for somebody. Just, Lord, please send somebody. Let, let me. And guess what? I can tell you this is what will happen. He'll send somebody, you'll be freaked out, you'll pray and say, that was the most awesome thing I've ever done. I was scared out of my mind, but man, God showed up. I was so nervous, and they're there crying, <laughs> you know. And you're like, oh my gosh, here the devil's been lying to me, telling me I had nothing to say, and all I had to do was pray for somebody? Are you kidding me? I mean, it, it, it gets in you, like I can't explain it. Why? Because you see somebody come alive. And in the process, you come alive. It's powerful. We don't serve a dead Savior. He is risen. He is alive. That life is on the inside of us, and people need it around us. So we just, God, give me eyes to see. Give me a heart to perceive. Because there are people around me that I need to be speaking life into you don't have to be a fanatic just be real just be real and let God's life shine out of you that might be your next step another area is this your next step might be becoming generous 
Being generous. Just start giving. You say, man, I've been coming to church for a long time. I, I mean, they talk about giving, but I just don't see the point. Okay, well, go read the Bible. Don't take my word for it. Go read the Bible. See what God has to say about it. If he tells you to give, give. If he doesn't, don't. Something you won't hear a preacher say very much, but... But if he tells you to, do it. Like that might be your next step. We all have a spiritual next step. See, the truth is, I believe that we all have a place at TDP. Every one of you. Every one of you right now have a place to belong. See, I I, I don't want you to just do stuff. I want you to belong. I want you to be known as part of the family. There's a big difference. Well, I'm just, I'm just, I've got my little thing, I've got my little job, I've got my little thing that I said I would do, and I've got to do that, but what's more important, the person standing in front of you or the job, the responsibility? Because sometimes you have to say, you know what, I know my responsibilities, and we need to be faithful, and I'm not saying that, but sometimes we can get so busy doing that we forget that there's a person in front of us who has a need. And it might be the person that sits on the road with you week in and week out. And yet you have an opportunity right there in that moment. Just say, hey, I don't know what's going on, but I, I just, just want you to know I'm, I'm going to be praying for you. You don't have to say, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? You look a little down today. If you tell them that you're praying for them, you can do this with people at work. If they want you to know, they'll tell you. Right? Father, I don't know what's going on, but I believe that you're going to work on their behalf. I, I, I don't know the situation, but you do. I'm just asking you to work and, and to, to help them. You just begin to pray over people. It doesn't have to be long. We said this earlier, but I, I believe that every person has a place to belong. And in truth, you know, that's a core need of every human being is to belong, to not feel like an outcast or an outsider. Well, part of how we can do that for you today is through Discover. It's right after service. As you exit, there's glass doors on the left. They're right there. It's going to take about, what, 30, 45 minutes? Where's Joel? I don't know where he went. It's about 30, 45 minutes. I don't know, something like that. And we can help you find a place. It's not just because we want you to go do something you hate. No, actually what we would love to do is to help you figure out what you love what you're passionate about, and turn what you love into ministry. See, so many times we get that in mind like, oh, well, I don't want to go do something I hate. Let me give you a little story about that. There was a girl named Stephanie in our church there in Arkansas. Great girl, you know, all these things. So her husband actually had mentioned to her and said, hey, what do you think about getting involved in kids ministry? Now, he wasn't saying him. He was saying her. <laughs> I feel like the Lord told me that you're supposed to go get involved. In, you know, it's one of those kind of deals. Well, she was like, no way. I don't want to do that. Over a little bit of time, she began to pray about it. She said, well, you know, she, she said the real spiritually, I'll pray about it. I know, you know, I'll, I'll pray about that. Well, the Lord began to stir up in her to do it, to get involved, not even... Well, she became the person who led our kids' ministry and loved it. As a matter of fact, she called, was it last week or the week before, in tears telling us thank you. 
Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for pushing me. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to step into something I had no idea I would enjoy. But it's the most fulfilling thing that I do in my life. Something that she thought she hated was actually her place to belong in. That's not going to happen for everybody. But there are some of you here that you've been looking. You're like, man, I just don't know if I fit here. I feel like I'm out of place. Okay, where, where have you plugged into though? I mean, it's hard to run in and run out and be like, wow, nobody, nobody really welcomed me. Right, but where do you belong? Though? Like, where, where's that spot? I gave you that earlier where, it's, where you can text, even if you've been through Discover, you can text that serve at TDP, 555, five, three fives and three eights. There you go. You can text it and we'll help you. I'm not here to shove you into a slot that you're like, this is miserable. Even if you try something, you're like, I don't want to get pigeonholed into that. We'll move you. Like, it's not like, hey, we're going to diagnose you. No, we want to find out the way that you are wired, the way that God has created you, and help you turn those passions of your heart, of your life, and actually begin to show you how to turn that into ministry. It can happen. So we want to help you with that, see? And, and this is another one. We, we believe that what? We were all created to make a difference. And we all make a different difference. But the Bible says is that when every person, every joint is the, the verbs that Ephesians uses, that every joint has a supply. In other words, God gifted you to be a part of something great. But you have to be a part of something. Over in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4, it says this. The Lord gives a message to Jeremiah, and he says, Before, or he says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. I knew you before you were ever even conceived. He said, Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. What this really speaks to is very simply this is that God had a purpose in mind, so he created a person, which happens to be you. Your design reveals your destiny, right? God designed you a certain way because he has a calling for you. He has a purpose for you to be and to exist. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. And he created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we could do. So that we can do. So that we can do. Not just talk. So that we can do the good things that he has planned for us long ago. See, God has some things for you to do. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible. This is the Apostle Paul, and he says, I, a prisoner for the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling which you have been called to. Now, he's talking to a church, not just to an individual here. He says, I appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called. That is to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior. A life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. See, here's one, another lie that the enemy will speak. Is that, well, pastor has a call, but I don't. Live a life worthy to the calling to which you have been called. 
That's to a church, not an individual. Live worthy of the call. Every one of us has a call on our life. And you may say, well, I don't believe that. Before you were formed, before you were conceived, God had a purpose for you. And that's why you exist today and not a thousand years ago. If God wanted you born a thousand years ago, you would have been born then. But he chose this day and this time and this season of history to say, now is the time. You have a calling. You have a place. You have a function that God has for you. And it's not something that you don't love. You may not know you love it yet. Just like I was talking about Stephanie a minute ago. You may not know it yet, but God has a call for you. And that call may be nothing to do with your vocation. The girl Stephanie manages a parts store. And she's pretty good at her job there too, but she's really good at kids ministry. She loves those kids. She gets excited about it. It's not like, oh gosh, I have to go do this again. No, you have a call. God created you with something in mind. We want to help you figure out what that looks like. See, I believe that God's gift to us is salvation in Jesus. Salvation comes from nobody else but in Jesus. But I believe that our gift back to him is to find and to fulfill our purpose. Our gift to God is, let me say it another way, is to find and fulfill his purpose for our life. God, why did you choose now for me to be born into all of human history? Why now? That's our gift to God. So many times we think, well, I, I need God to work for me. I need God to do this. I need God, I, I need God, I need God. Let me take it a step further. There's a spot in the heart of God that only you will ever fulfill. No one else. There's a function in the body of Christ globally that only you can feel. No one can take your place. You're like, man, I just don't know if I can believe that. You mean start my message back over? I, 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 could, I could park here for a long time. You're not here by accident. You're, you're here intentionally and on purpose. You're like, well, but yeah, I mean, but I've got needs, Pastor. I got things going on in my life and I, you know, I, why, why would I go serve other people and why would I help and do things around the church, man? I, I'm jacked up. Okay. Welcome. See, I get, this is just me. I'm just, I'm going to get off. I get a little nervous around people who have it all together. Because it makes me say, what are you not telling me? That makes me nervous. I just want to be honest. I want to be real. I, I just. Now, there are some criteria. But at the same time, you don't have to be perfect to be in a sermon. As a matter of fact, your breakthrough may be hinging on your ability to get past yourself and to think about somebody else. Proverbs eleven twenty five says this is that, and this is my translation of it because I studied it out, and the way it reads in every translation is not very accurate. I've yet to find one. One translation says, "He who waters will himself be watered." What the heck does that mean? 
Like, you ever read scripture like that? Like, I don't, I don't even know what that means. I'm sorry, that's the way I, it's just the way my mind works. So here's what it actually, you go back and study the original writings. It actually says, he who ministers will himself be ministered to. You're like, what? I, I'm not a minister. That's your job. Okay, let me give you another Proverbs. He who shows himself friendly will have friends. You're like, well, how does, but what do you mean? I'm, I'm a people person. Right. And there's somebody who pro- hopefully greeted you when you walked in the door this morning. And preferably, it's not that person going, glad you're here. Oh, the door open? Sorry, I missed somebody. Like, hopefully it's... Why? Because guess what? That's ministry. Ministry actually starts out in the parking lot. Not just from the pulpit. Like, well, man, what what do I do? It's real simple. You got to get some action to your prayer. I was sharing with you earlier about that. You got to get some legs to it. Why? Because there's a law in Scripture. It comes out of Genesis, like the very beginning. It says that there's a law called sowing and reaping. See, some of you have been asking God to, to work some things in your life for a long time, saying one day when God heals me, I'll, I'll get to that. And I'm telling you, from Scripture, not me, from Scripture, that when you will start to minister to other people, God will start ministering to you. They get ministered to, and you get ministered to. The church does not exist for me. The church actually doesn't exist for any individual. The church exists to what? To minister to people. To all of us. But so many times we've, we've relegated what ministry is. or kind of minimized and just said, well, this is what ministry looks like. Ministry is anything that draws anyone closer to God. Amen. Anything. Like, well, I didn't know my cooking could cause people. Somebody eats a piece of pie and you're like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, this is no joke. I know people who have cooked food and they pray over that food before they send it to somebody. And they see that as a ministry. Because they love, 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 love. And it's, I mean, and they've been a blessing. And it gives them, they go and drop the food off and they're going to say, hey, in the name of Jesus, let me pray for you. Here's you a good meal, but I, I can't because I want to pray for you. It's amazing. Again, I'm not asking you to do things you hate. Just look at what you love and let's turn that into some ministry. Let's figure out how God wired you. Why? Because God has a purpose. He has a function for you. So I asked you a question earlier. Where am I in my spiritual life? And what is my next step? So you can make it personal. Where am I at? And what is my next spiritual step? Because there is a next step for you. Absolutely, there is another step for you. So you got to, what? Take a step. Take a step of faith. Don't get so... Oh, I got to figure my whole life out. No, just figure out your next step. And if you figure that one out, then take another step and take another step and take another step and take another step. 
before long, you're not even going to recognize you're going to be like, oh my gosh, look at what I'm doing. Holy cow. I can't believe that I enjoy this this much. That we live to give, not to be served. That's who we want to be. That we live to, to give. We want to be mindful of other people. And it's like, God, if I take care of other people, you're going to take care of me. I'll be honest with you. I don't really pray a whole lot for myself anymore. Because I believe that principle with all of my heart. Now, I'm not saying I never pray for things in my life. Of course I do. But it's not the focus of my prayer. Because I've seen it happen for too long, too consistently. If I'll take care of other people, God's going to take care of me. If I'll take care of other people, God's going to take care of me. And I've seen it happen time after time after time. And the same thing is true for you. Why the Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God. Well, what's the kingdom? It's reaching one more person for Jesus. It's real simple. But the second part of that verse is all these things... That everybody else is so worried about, so concerned about. God says, hey, I'll take care of all of that. You just take care of this part, and I'll take care of you. And that's true for every one of us.